There is an old cartoon from the New Yorker that shows one man sitting all by himself on a bench seat on the subway. And his t-shirt says in all caps, ask me about my religion. And the caption for the cartoon is, another way to keep an empty seat beside you on the train. <laughs> now, I know plenty of clergy who go the opposite route when traveling or when strangers ask them the typical question, what do you do? Sometimes, even pastors don't want to talk about religion in public. Now, one of my mentors in ministry told me that when strangers asked him on a flight what he did for a living, he always said he was an actuary. No one ever asked a follow-up question, and he could always go right back to his reading, guaranteed. I have another clergy colleague who says that she works for an international nonprofit. When she is worried that she will have to defend her ordination or her call if she says what she really does. Now, I myself have hedged the question, what do you do, when meeting people at a party or at a concert with a creative answer to. Sometimes I have said, I am a volunteer coordinator. Other times I've said, I am an inspirational speaker with regularly scheduled gigs. <laughs> no one has ever asked what the schedule is, so I've never had to tell them it's on Sunday mornings. The truth is, in our culture today, we don't always want to talk about our religion or share our faith. We don't want to advertise on a t-shirt that we are Christian, and we don't want to be seen as part of a faith that can at times be intolerant and judgmental. Many of us have had awkward experiences with people who force their kind of faith on us. And talking about faith can make us uncomfortable. Well, today in our gospel text, Jesus meets the disciples in what could have been an uncomfortable moment. After the women are surprised to see the risen Jesus at the tomb, they share his message with the disciples to go to Galilee, where Jesus will see them. Our passage today includes the final verses of the Gospel of Matthew, describing the first reunion between the risen Jesus and the disciples. Listen to this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. There is good news woven throughout this short story of the first and only appearance of Jesus before the disciples in Matthew. After the disciples hear that the women have seen Jesus at the tomb and he will meet them in Galilee, the remaining 11 follow his lead and greet Jesus back where his ministry began. When the disciples see the risen Jesus for the first time, their initial response is to worship him. Yet, the gospel writer points out that some doubted. This Greek word for doubt is only used twice in Matthew, here in chapter 28, and in chapter 14, when Jesus asks Peter why he doubted as they are walking on the water. This word is not used as an adjective, but as a verb that means to hesitate or to sit on the fence. The gospel writer notes that some of the disciples are waiting and holding back even as they are worshiping Jesus. Their hesitancy doesn't deter Jesus from his mission. It doesn't matter that the disciples betrayed him before his death. It doesn't matter that they deserted him. It doesn't matter that some are hesitating even now. Jesus blesses them with a clear call and assurance of his eternal presence. Jesus blesses the disciples with clear instructions about how they are to share his teaching and to baptize people from all nations. Here, Jesus greets them with their final charge and blessed assurance that he will be with them always. Now, we are part of a tradition that appreciates the role of doubt when it comes to our life of faith. The response of Jesus with the disciples is good news for us today. He doesn't call out the ones who are on the fence. He speaks to them all together. Jesus meets the disciples just as they are, in the fullness of their feelings, and he encourages them to carry on his ministry, God's mission of creating the kingdom of heaven on earth. So if you find yourself asking questions about certain things the Bible says, or wondering about doctrines of the church, you are in good company. You are like the first disciples, 
And Jesus meets us where we are with clarity and compassion. Even as we doubt, we are called to worship God. Even when we waver, we are called to gather with other believers. Jesus doesn't wait until everyone fully understands. He tells the disciples how to go forward in faith, trusting him as they doubt. The clarity of Jesus is good news for us today, even when we are unsure of the next step. And there is more good news in this story. Jesus proclaims that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. After the resurrection, Jesus announces that he now has power in heaven and on earth. Jesus reassures the disciples that all authority in heaven and on earth is given to him so that the disciples can teach, baptize, and minister in his name. The authority is not given to the disciples directly. Jesus claims the authority that allows for them to teach and baptize on his behalf. And this designation makes it clear. Jesus is divine and the disciples are not. It's a healthy reminder that God is God and we are not. With modern medicine and technology today, the drive for control over our lives can tempt us to forget that God has the ultimate authority. The more I read about artificial intelligence, the more concerned I am that we are delving into new territory without considering all the consequences. Well, the risen Jesus understands the consequences of sharing his love and God's message. With full authority, Jesus sends the disciples from Galilee throughout the nations to make disciples. In this moment, Jesus expands the mission of sharing the gospel beyond Israel to all people. And over the next three weeks, speakers will present the ways we still share the good news through missions across our borders, through music, and through international partners. We are called to continue the mission of the disciples today with compassion and context as we seek to share the teachings of Jesus and the love of God with other people around the world. And as we share the good news, we remember that God is God. We share the peace of Christ with humility, for we are ambassadors sent because Jesus has all authority. It is due to the fullness of who Christ is that we share his love and teachings so widely. And finally, 
Jesus offers more good news as he reassures the disciples that he will be with them always. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus guides them. We trust that Jesus promises that he will be with us too, even if his presence is a mystery for us. After his death and resurrection, his steadfast presence is a remarkable promise. The disciples thought that they had lost their leader, and God raised Jesus from the dead to return with the disciples and bless them with assurance that he will never leave them. Echoing the I am, when God speaks to Moses through the burning bush, Jesus promises that I am with you always. This is a profound, comforting statement to close the Gospel of Matthew. Through the movement of the Spirit, Jesus is present with the disciples then and with each of us today. Now, the disciples don't fully comprehend the gravity of what Jesus promises in that moment on the mountain. Yet we know that they follow through in sharing the teachings of Jesus and baptizing others because we are here today worshiping the same God. Thousands of years later, we still gather to worship God, to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to share the teachings of Jesus. When we celebrate World Communion, we celebrate that there are disciples across the world worshiping in their own languages and in their own cultures, living into the promise Jesus made on the mountain that day in Galilee. We know the disciples went out and shared the teachings of Jesus because we are still worshiping and sharing God's love. We know God's love, often through the love of our community. I wonder if you might reflect on your own journey of faith. Who are some of the disciples who shared their faith with you, who inspired you to think about the teachings of Jesus and how they impact your life? Who inspires you to love more broadly and to share the gospel and how you live today? Many disciples have inspired me along the way. And as Mary Jane and I are preparing to travel with our group to Guatemala, I am all the more grateful for my first mission trip to Central America with my college chaplain. Rob has a heart for mission, and he was passionate about making sure that we understood that we were going to Nicaragua to meet Christ in the people we encountered. He introduced me to the concept of a reverse mission trip, where our mission work was done when we returned and shared the good news about the faith and love we experienced with the people in Nicaragua. 
During our time traveling around, we lived with two different families, experiencing life in the city and in the countryside, and getting a glimpse of their ordinary lives and their faith in action. We worshiped with two different congregations, and we spent time serving. I spent two days with children with special needs in a school created just for them. When we returned to campus, Rob encouraged us to share what we had experienced widely. We raised money for the school that met in the city dump, and we visited area churches sharing the beauty of the faith and the people we had gotten to know in Nicaragua. Rob opened a whole new world of mission and sharing the faith for me that I am grateful for to this day. His leadership helped me understand what sharing the love of God can look like, even when there is a language barrier. You have your own stories of those who have encouraged you to live out the teachings of Jesus. People who live out the same call Jesus gave the disciples and who have inspired your faith. Jesus still calls us to make disciples and to share his teachings, to worship and to serve today. On this Trinity Sunday, Jesus promises the disciples that he will always be with them and he will always be with us. We hold on to his assurance and trust in the love and presence of the Trinity that God, the creator, redeemer, and sustainer will be with us always. As we discern our life together as a family of faith, this promise Jesus makes to the disciples is a blessing to us as well. Jesus is with us, disciples of Second Church. We too are sent to go make disciples to share the love and teachings of Jesus, and to expand God's welcome and table beyond our comfort zones. You don't have to talk about your faith on the subway or on a flight, but the Holy Spirit may surprise you if you take the chance. Jesus is with you, no matter what. That's good news for you, and for me, and for the world. And so as we gather at the Lord's table for nourishment and communion, to be sent out with the love of Christ, we remember that the church is still making disciples today with God's authority and blessing. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God of love, we praise you for your steadfast presence with us. We give thanks for the ways you continue to call us and inspire us to share your good news, to worship you, and to make disciples. We ask that you would empower us by your glory and your word to expand your table and extend your invitation 
so that we may dwell in the beloved community and the way you created us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.